Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, terms apply. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. I'm an editorial assistant here at Slate, and I'm your host for this season of Working. For the next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on influencers, taking a deep dive into a new industry that's changed from one that was really only understood by teens to one that's now covered by journalists at The New York Times and The Atlantic. This week, we're talking to Matt Stevens. Matt's day job is in the fashion industry, but he's probably best known for being married to lifestyle influencer Lindsay Silberman. In fact, he takes a supporting role in her growing business so seriously that his handle on Instagram is InstaHusband. Long the butt of jokes and even parody accounts, Instagram husbands were once the unsung heroes, dodging traffic and cranky tourists behind the scenes to get the perfect shot. But in recent years, the supporting cast that allows influencers to be a thing have started to take center stage. And as a proud, self-described Instagram husband, Matt's got a really great insight into what it takes to be married to an influencer. So what's your name and what do you do? My name is Matthew Stevens, and uh, thank you for having me, Rachel. I appreciate it. I mentioned this to you in an email, but I like to think that I have three jobs these days. Number one, being a husband to a beautiful wife. Number two, I... uh, work for a uh, large uh, fashion house in wholesale Mm -hmm. uh, that takes me around the world. And number three, I uh, work as much as I can with my wife, who is an influencer. Her handle is at Lindsay Silb, and I try to help her out as much as I can in any way that I can. So your Instagram handle is InstaHusband. Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, well, it's uh, it's really the brainchild of my wife, who who is a a marketing and branding genius, you mm-hmm. could say. My my previous Instagram handle was at m stevens underscore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think yeah. that was just kind of because I couldn't find any other uh, variations of Matt Stevens, so yeah. uh, I picked that randomly, and it just wasn't <laughs> catchy for her. Mm-hmm. Catchy enough, <laughs> um, and you know, I I think she finds our relationship a differentiator in the in the space and so we wanted to do something that was uh, unique and different and something that could complement what she was building what she was doing on Instagram so she and and at the time the Instagram husband was becoming a popular term and yeah. it was you know the guys were taking pictures of their wives and mm-hmm. there were other guys taking pictures of guys taking pictures of their <laughs> wives and making fun of them and uh you know saying oh god it must be sucked to be him and yeah. All these things. So that was popular at the time. And so the term Insta husband was um, was really interesting to her. And she looked it up on Instagram and somebody else actually had it. And it was something that she really wants. So, you know, if you know my wife, when she really wants something, she'll she'll go after it. So she made a nice bid for that uh, Instagram handle to somebody who who owned it, who long story short, eventually accepted it. And we were able to transition the, the name. So um, it's sort of become a, a brand for not only myself, but for her and, and her business. I love that you bought the account from somebody else. That's really funny. Yeah. So I guess when did the Insta Husband branding kind of come into like your wife's larger branding? Well, my wife did not leave her full-time job until October of last year officially. Okay. Um, and then I changed the name a couple of months afterwards. But it had always been my 
my role in her in her life. So it came about earlier this year officially, mm-hmm. but it's always kind of been that that title for me yeah. uh, unofficially until until we made the change. Okay, so your wife left her job in October 2018. Mm-hmm. Like she's a lifestyle influencer, like has a blog and Instagram. Yep. How long had that been going on before she left her full-time job? Um, well, she's had an Instagram for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've had it you know, since the beginning and yeah. she's had it as well. And it was never the, the term influencer for her never really crossed her mind. She's a journalist just like just like you are. She went to a great journalism school, got a job, uh, internships at magazines, a couple really great jobs out of school um, at magazines, uh, print and digital. And she held these really great titles. And all along the way, uh, whenever she traveled or whenever we traveled together, we would take pictures and she would post them to Instagram. And slowly but surely, in in a very organic way, she became an influencer. You know, it wasn't like one day she said, wow, look at what these influencers are doing. I want to be that. She slowly transitioned into this into this influencer role. And that was never really at the forefront of what she was doing. She was a writer and an editor, an ideas person. And then slowly but surely, she kind of transitioned into um, the influencer space now. And I think that's really what makes her different and helps her is that she has this editorial background and that she came into the space just kind of by default because she was taking nice pictures and could write funny captions that are useful and and, uh, informational. And so it was a really organic transition for her. I've noticed that with a few of the influencers you talk to is like a lot of them do have backgrounds in like advertising or journalism where you are really good at selling things or not necessarily selling things, but you're really good at writing and like content creation. Mm -hmm. And then Instagram kind of pops up and it just is a perfect platform for people like that. Yeah. Um, and I tell her all the time, I said, you're, you take pretty pictures, but, but that's not really who you are on Instagram yet. I mean, I take her pictures and she edits them and posts them, but what's really valuable is the content that she produces, the guides to certain cities that she puts out. She also does a little bit of work with beauty. So she'll, she'll give you uh, the top five beauty uh, or top five facial moisturizers for summer, whatever, whatever it is, she has the ability to write amazing content that's relatable, that people can get valuable information about and act on it. I tell her all the time, what you're building here is like a, a magazine on Instagram. You don't just have an Instagram page with pretty pictures. That's that's one thing. But people come to you because you add value. And I think I was saying to you before how it's an overall portfolio of things, but she also has her blog too, where she can do different things um, than she can on on Instagram. And it's, it's just a combination of um, a lot of really useful tools for her. So when did this kind of become not only a viable business for her, but for you? And then how does this fit into your overall career trajectory? It didn't become a viable business for Lindsay until one of her colleagues told her that she was crazy for staying in her current job and not going off on her own and uh, and taking opportunities that were that were coming to her. Uh, shout out to Brittany Hennessy. Uh, I don't know if, do you, if you know Brittany. I do not. Um, she's an incredible person to know in the influencer space. And she uh, worked at, I think it was, it was one of the, the top magazine publications in influencer marketing, working, working directly with influencers for the magazines yeah. and said to Lindsay, you know, you, you have this following of a hundred and whatever it was at the time, 120,000 followers, you know, you're crazy for not leaving. And so, so that was really the catalyst for her, someone to say like, Hey, you know, take the leap and, and do it and, and get out there. And, uh, and, and you could be, you could make, you know, twice as much as you are now. For me, it's a little bit different. I've always had that stable kind of 
career path. Um, and I'm still, I'm still that way. And I still am focused on what I'm doing now. And my role right now is to help her in any way that I can while she builds her business. So she's in, she's in a startup role. And anytime you're in a startup role, you know, the, the uh, budgets are tight. Uh, your time is, is extremely valuable. So I can help her in a number of different ways, not only by taking photos, but being available, you know, as much as I possibly can at whatever time she needs me. And I'm also a lot cheaper than <laughs> the average photographer that yeah. you have to bring with you on a trip or pay to put in a hotel room or pay just for the, for their services. So I don't take a salary from her. She doesn't pay me, <laughs> uh, but I add value in other ways that, you know, that are similar. Yeah. What do you see the role of an Instagram husband being? Oh, well, um, there are a lot of roles, I think. Number one, of course, is is the photographs. And, yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of guys out there have have trouble <laughs> really? with simple, simple photography. And, and I, I wish I could just, yeah, <laughs> I, I just want to, I, I wish I had a week where I could sit down and just write a, an entire guide to help oh some gosh. people out. She I would love to do that. An Instagram husband masterclass. An Instagram husband masterclass. I mean, that would be, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my golden ticket, I suppose, at some point. Um, but I'm still doing research. Yeah. I'm in the research phase okay. on that one. Okay. But I think, I think another important role of an Instagram husband, whether it's for somebody who's professional or is your girlfriend is your your their support role you're doing you're adding a valuable service for them you're there for, when you need them you can take a good picture that they can share with their friends and you know it's just another nice thing that you can do for your significant other yeah so i see it as twofold so how involved are you in like the day-to-day business operations of Lindsay's career i was a lot more involved in the beginning because I was also involved in discussions around contracts, Mm -hmm. uh, what's fair, what's not, what deliverables should you be giving to brands, what brands should you be working with, uh, where is the career going, all of these things. So it was a lot of that, plus taking pictures and the travel itself and and all of those things. More recently, she um, signed with the talent agency. So like a lot of that kind of came off of me and off of her. And now I feel like our discussions are more around bigger picture. So she's able to be a little bit more creative because nitty gritty type stuff has been has been taken off of her. And now the, the conversations over dinner can be like, well, where do we see my brand in five years? Like what what product, you know, would be the best for me to launch, do you think, based on? instead of being more involved in line items in a contract and very specific things that will end up being negotiated out. It's more of a bigger picture conversation, which is which is fantastic. So the nitty gritty I'm really interested in, how did you kind of get the, I guess, business acumen to like do contract work or stuff like that? I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any uh, business acumen when it comes to contract work and I don't have any photography experience. Oh, wow. And neither does Lindsay, right? So we went to a great school and we got a great, great education. And, and we, for the most part, understand what we're looking at. And in the beginning, we had a lawyer who was familiar with the space. And also Brittany, who I mentioned earlier, had a lot of experience with contracts. So we really leveraged our resources and then learned kind of as we went along, like what is okay and what is not okay in a contract and what should you what should you look for and and remove or edit or change and there's there are things that we learn every day like for example 
how many edits does a brand uh, want for your content or how many edits should you allow, right? Because if you do make a video and have a voiceover, well, maybe you said something that they want to tweak, but how many times can they do that, mm, right? Yeah, it's just that. something like that can take, it can take you three or four edits or five or six hours, put that in the contract in the beginning and you can avoid those type of situations. Or if they say, uh, we'll pay you in 90 days, well, why don't you just try to slip a 30-day <laughs> yeah, pay exactly. period in there, right? So it's it's also it's also a learning process. Um, yeah, it seems like a really big learning curve. Like, I think that's the cool thing about the influencer space in one way. As you were saying, it's a low barrier to entry, so anyone can really do it. But also, there's, like, such a steep learning curve. And I give so much credit to all the girls and the guys and in between out there that are making money doing this because it is one of the most difficult jobs that I've ever experienced. I mean, from one end, you can see these influencers are going to amazing places and they're staying in amazing hotels and they're eating, you know, amazing food. And But what they don't see is what's going on behind the scenes mm -hmm. and the hours that they're putting in and uh, building websites and websites crashing and, you know, all sorts of small business things that are going on all the while you're trying to entertain and influence and stay up with the competition. It's uh, it's one of the hardest jobs that that I've ever I've ever seen. What would you say is the hardest part of being married to an influencer? The hardest part about being married to an influencer, I would just say um, sometimes the conversations can be like the same. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're mm -hmm. always you're always kind of talking about the same type of of things with like a new brand. But I think if you can kind of keep that macro discussion in place and realize that you're building towards something bigger and eventually you'll shy away from some of the mundane things that you end up talking about over and over again as you're building your business, I think you, you, know, you can overcome that. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Yeah, so you also have like a second full-time job in the fashion industry. So how do you... That's my first full-time full job. job. And then how do you, I guess, how do you split your days generally? Like what are you devoting the most amount of time to? Yeah, so um, I devote all the time that I possibly can to my first job because I, that's, that's uh, primary for me. A lot of what I do for Lindsay is after hours on weekends or while we're while we're traveling. So, like I said, we talk a lot about what she's she's doing in in her space, and a lot of that comes after work hours, you know, through to dinner, and then she'll pick up her work from 10 p.m. until three in the morning. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll turn over, and she's sending an email back to somebody That's and and working yeah. like crazy. And then weekends, it's the same. Mm -hmm. And then when we travel, it's on the airplane. Yeah. It's before dinner. It's during dinner. I mean, it's it's. Uh, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of hours yeah. that go into it. How do you kind of have work life balance between that, especially since so much of like the content is lifestyle content? It all seems like uh, like like work right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I keep going back to the point of it being like a, a startup situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, she only started doing this in October, and I'm in that point 
where I just want to help her in any way that I can and like try my best to just like forget about the other things that uh, like having only one type of conversation. Well, for now, like that's yeah. I, it's OK because we're building a business for her and and I need to be there for her and support her in this space right now. And I'll do the best I can to be a husband when I, you know, what I need to be and when she <laughs> needs me to be and vice versa. But it really, it's a lot of work. And yes, there's a, a lot of life in there too because of where we're traveling and the things we're, we're able to see and the experiences that we're, we're able to have. But right now it's, it's uh, mostly work. Yeah, it seems very much like owning a small business where for the first like three, four or five years, it's just your life. Like that's the business. You're pouring everything into it. It really is a grind. And um, I keep saying this before I give a lot of credit to other uh, influencers or other Instagram uh, bloggers out there that may not have a husband or a wife or somebody who has a, a stable job and a stable career. And just to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, just, just ask for advice or what do you think about this? It's, it's really hard. So I give a lot of credit to these to the other influencers out there that that are doing it themselves because it is starting your own business is is hard enough as it is but it's really really hard in this particular space. So I kind of saw you do a little bit air quotes around influencers just now. What do you think of the term and what do you you said Lindsay kind of got started not thinking of herself as an influencer and right. that's changed. Right. I like it. I like the term influencer because when I when I first got Instagram, there were a couple people that I followed. I didn't know what the influencer term meant. Mm -hmm. But but if I wanted to go to South Beach, for example, there was one particular person that I knew traveled to South Beach. And I would just go to his page. And if he was staying here, I would stay there. Mm -hmm. And I never thought of it as an influencer thing. I just like wanted to like stay where this guy was staying because yeah. he was cool. And we had a, a, a like-minded personality and we wore the same type of clothes and I was genuinely influenced by this person. But at that time, it, there was no there was no such thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I believe it and I understand it. I just think nowadays it's the term is tossed out there and it's just some girls don't like to be called influencers. Other people do. Some give it a negative connotation. So I don't I, I don't know. It depends on who you're speaking to, how well they accept it. So just throw it up in quotes, you know, yeah. influencer, influencer, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I feel like so much, we were kind of talking about this a little bit beforehand, but so much of, I think, most normal people's association with influencer is very negative. I think partially due to the platform, partially due to people just not understanding the amount of work that's behind it. Do you guys kind of have to deal with that in like marketing or even just like when you're out taking photos or whatever? Do you see people kind of just like scoffing? No. Thank God. No. Um, Lindsay, in, in our case, I think she's done such a great job of building a following that understands where she came from mm. and um, appreciate her realness and the way that she runs her account versus some some other people and how they may run run their account. Yeah. So she focuses on authenticity. And I think that's that's really, really important. I mean, I stopped caring what people think about me taking pictures a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's 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 unusual because you don't want to annoy a group of people who are trying to enjoy the sunset or something like that. That's that's different. But I think it's uh, it's OK for us. I guess getting to that now when you annoy people who are taking photos of the sunset, what's the kind of nitty gritty of taking photos like that? Like the photos that we see of people traveling, like it seems like there's never anyone else in the shot. Yeah, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And I think one of the things that we've learned 
over the course of the years is that the best time to take a picture is in the morning when the sun is on the horizon or Mm -hmm. just above or at sunset time in the evening when the when the sun is on the horizon or just below so between the hours of 10 a.m and 4 p.m it may not be a great time because of where the sun is and the shadows and it's too bright or this or that but when it's early or when it's late it's a little bit easier to take the photographs and then when it's super early in the morning there's nobody around everybody's sleeping usually and then in the afternoon or evening, sometimes you deal with uh, you know crowds that are watching a sunset or sitting by the pool um, or having dinner or something like that. But it's a bit easier when you when you stick to those two time frames. What would you say are some of the common misconceptions people have about like the influencer space? I would say the common misconception is that life is easy and everything is peachy and hunky dory because it's not always the case. The places. And the things, that the experiences are real and they're amazing and they're, um, they're fun. But there's a lot of real world stuff that goes into, into all of this um, that people might not recognize uh, sometimes. And I think a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, she gets this for free and, and everything is for free. And oh, look at lucky her and lucky him and all that stuff. That's, I mean, it's true, but nothing is actually free, Mm, right? So you'll, you know, if you go on an amazing trip and in the real world, it costs you $20,000, let's say, well, that trip is still costing you $2,000. Let's say just throwing a number out there, 10% of the trip. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not making big bucks, it's still, it's still expensive for you, you know? So it's, there, there's still a real, a real life element to the cost aspect of it, which I don't think people think about all the time because of the experience. Yeah. So uh, what you're getting on one hand is amazing and that there's no doubt about that. But I think if you're talking misconceptions, it's that everything is free yeah. and that everything is beautiful and peachy. And I, I just don't think that's entirely true. Do you ever see like a tension between, you say your wife kind of builds her brand on authenticity. Do you ever see a tension between kind of the authenticity behind your wife's brand and I guess what people actually see, which is kind of this perfect dream life at sunset and sunrise. I just, you're right. There is, there's a little bit of a, a misconception there, but I, I think the focus should be on inspiring people to, to get out there. The thing I like about Lindsay is that she breaks it down and makes it very simple. You know, you can go to an Island and you can stay for 5,000 euro a night, or you can stay for 250 euros a night. But what she'll do is kind of show you how you can do that. If you're using a face cream, she'll show you the one that costs $500 or the one that costs $50. Yeah. It's showing real people what they can do. And then if you have that kind of money, you, know, you can you can yeah. do that too. <laughs> yeah, You definitely. can do that too. And I think she reaches both of those demographics quite well. So tell me a little bit more about the logistics of just having to like travel on a dime. Like you get an opportunity and you just drop everything. Yes. Um, usually it's it's a few weeks in advance, I would say, mm-hmm. typically. Of course, I have a full-time job, so I, I only have a certain amount of vacation days, right? So we need to be smart about a few things. So if she's going to do a project with South of France or whatever it is, well, we're going to leave on a Saturday morning and it's going to be over a holiday. And then I'm going to take the four days from Tuesday to Friday off and then we have that extra weekend, yeah. right? So we have to be really smart about what trips that I can go on when we're planning it. Um, otherwise, she'll need to hire a, a photographer, which she hasn't really had to do much, but um, it's not out of the uh, out of the question for her. And then for, for work for me, 
I've gotten into a nice routine of where I need to be and when for mm -hmm. the most part. Yeah. And we try to piggyback off of that for my work too. So for example, I do a lot of work in South Florida. So if I'm, if I'm doing a week and a half trip there, well, Lindsay will try to do a, a sponsored, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> um, in one of those cities at one of those times at some property so that we can go together save my company a little bit of money because she can get the hotel hookup and she can do her job and I can do mine and we can have dinner together and also be apart less. So for me, I have a full-time job that requires me to travel. For her, she has a full-time job that requires her to travel. So in order for us to ever see each other, <laughs> we need to overlap a little bit. So that goes back to your misconception thing that everything is like, you know, hunky-dory. Well, a lot of the time that we spend together is not at home on our couch watching Netflix, which we do when we're home. <laughs> but a lot of it is trying to match our schedules so that we can we can do this. You know, we can see each other as much as we'd we'd like to. It seems like kind of scheduling that life will make it hard to, I guess, like hang out with family or like schedule things like far in advance. Like do you ever feel that with like explaining it to your parents? So hard. <laughs> because when you're home you just want to be home exactly. because you've been gone for so long. And, you know, my parents live in uh, North Carolina and uh, Pennsylvania and hers live in Jersey. So we see hers a little bit more. But you're right. I mean, we, we wish we could see family more and we wish we could see friends more. And we do everything that we can to, to, try, and, to try and do that. But again, the focus is to grind it out, build the business. And then, you know, if she builds a website and sells it sometime down the future in the future, well, we'll spend plenty of time with our, our <laughs> friends and family at that point, but it just comes down to that startup mentality again. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When, I guess, Lindsay first started out and, like, the influencer space was kind of really murky, what was it like explaining, like, her job or, like, this kind of business to people who oh, just man. don't understand. Well, she she would uh, she would tell you what it was like to try to explain that to her parents. Yeah. <laughs> because our parents are on Facebook, right? I mean, mm. that's that's kind of what, what yeah. they know. They don't know Instagram necessarily because that's more our generation. And then below that, you have the um, Snapchat generation, yes. which are my younger brothers, whatever. Yeah. And so trying to explain to a 60-year-old... <laughs> why you're going to leave your full-time job that you went to college for that they paid X number of dollars to oh send you goodness. to leave that job and try to make money on an app called Instagram or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. That was a big obstacle. Yeah, I can only imagine. I think so. And that was one of the things that made it harder for her to make the leap. But um, she eventually did it and, and, it, and it worked out and, and they understand. And uh, 
her mother's going with her to um, a trip to, I don't know, Virginia. It's uh, somewhere in Virginia yeah. in a couple of weeks. And they went to Turks and Caicos together and mom tagged along. So, you know, they're yeah, they're riding, a, yeah, they're riding yeah. out the benefits of it. My dad and my mom are waiting for me to like, make it big <laughs> so, they, the so, they, yes, yes. so they can come with me on one of my trips. <laughs> Uh, but we're not we're not quite there yet. I did hit the four thousand mark um, on Sunday. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, followers. Oh, nice! Yeah, Congratulations! Thank you. I appreciate. That. <laughs> Just like like miles, traveled miles, flying so much. I was right. like, this means something. I oh, don't know. No, those are in the hundreds of thousands. Wow. Yeah, the I miles. That's another. Imagine. That's another interesting element to to everything is the uh, the the travel and the points and the miles and all that kind of stuff. That's another. Yeah, tell me more incredible about incredible business. Well, Lindsay and I, we started to read uh, a blog called The Points Guy, who oh, you yeah. might be mm-hmm. familiar with, yep. Brian Kelly. Yeah. Hey, Brian. <laughs> if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> um, but Brian built an incredible, incredible blog and now website and now empire, you could say, <laughs> around travel and points. So I go back to the the theme of of adding value for your followers and for your audience. Well, this is another way that we like to add value is to teach the audience how we travel for free on points or for basically free, I like to say, because you still have to pay taxes and certain things. But Lindsay and I, when we got married, we took out a couple of credit cards that had these incredible miles deals on them. And we essentially put all four of our wedding deposits on the credit card. We didn't need to necessarily, right? But we did because we could earn these miles that we could redeem afterwards. And we flew around the world first class using our miles for our honeymoon for free. Well, yeah, plus a couple yeah. of taxes. And this was like mind-blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah. And at the time, it wasn't really a mainstream concept. Mm-hmm. But now with Brian and what he's been doing, he's really bringing that, the points and the travel with miles and the experiences to, to the mainstream. Yeah. And that's something that Lindsay does and um, that I try to push too, because I think it's it's just an incredible, uh, incredibly valuable, valuable space, especially when you're trying to influence your your followers to do something. Well, this is a great way to do something amazing for free, yeah. you know, is to earn these points. Um, so it's it's a very, that's another, yeah, that, that might be another podcast <laughs> About, uh, yeah. in the future. Airline points are so fascinating to me because I just don't use any of them like whenever i'm like oh i'm flying southwest i'm not even going to use like the whatever mileage number and i know i should but i just never get into it you know what you just had i i said the same exact (laughs) thing and and Lindsay came to me and said you are absolutely crazy just sign up for uh, american airlines whatever you're going to be traveling so much with work read this article from the points guy Mm -hmm. and uh i did and i i i took the plunge and it i mean it's um, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You're spending money anyway. And if you're not getting rewarded for spending that money, someone else is. Because when you swipe your card at a, at a vendor, a portion of that uh, sale goes to the credit card company to pay for the rewards that other people get. Mm, yeah. So if you're, not, if you're not taking advantage of that, you're paying for somebody else. Or you're not paying for it, but somebody else is benefiting from it. Yeah. So that definitely actually makes me want to do it more. <laughs> that was a good. <laughs> Maybe I'll start using it. Okay, you'll have to invite me back for the uh, for the points podcast <laughs> yes. with Brian Kelly. Yes, yes, that would honestly, I feel like so many people would love that. So tell me a little bit more about like your day job, like you're in the fashion industry. Yeah, so I work for um, a large fashion house. I'm, 
don't need to name names or anything, yeah. but um, I'm in wholesale for for them. So um, I travel around the world um, and I manage different types of clients. So I have clients that are independent mom and pop shops. I have clients that are uh, large department stores. I have clients that are distributors in different countries. I have uh, what we call house accounts that have multiple doors across the country. And I sell two collections a year to them and visit them internally to um, replenish and different trunk shows. So I get to meet end clients and the product is very expensive. Um, so I get to meet a lot of really interesting people and work with a lot of uh, sophisticated clients. Yeah. So it's cool. I've, you know, I've always wanted to do something in fashion and I always wanted to have a business element to that because that's what I studied in school and something I was always interested in. So this job allows me to combine those, those elements together, but it also gives me the freedom to be where I want, not necessarily when I want, but be where I'm needed when it's necessary. And it also affords me a little bit more flexibility when it comes to doing uh, certain things with with Lindsay yeah. and helping her because I don't I don't have to go into an office at nine o'clock every morning and and leave, you know show up before my boss and leave after you know what I mean yeah. it's uh, if I need to work till eleven p.m. I do it if I need to work on a weekend I do it you know I work a lot of weekends so um, I have a nice flexible schedule so thankfully all of that is is kind of working out at the moment so. That's really Very dope. Yeah. So when you say wholesale collection, like what do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, so that means you go into a store and you buy yeah. a shirt for $50 retail while the uh, place that you're shopping buys at a wholesale price of mm, whatever it okay. is, $20. Yeah. Well, I'm the person at the brand that sells that product to the to okay. the store at at 20 bucks. Okay. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> to make it to make it simple. Okay. Cool. Um so we have a collection that we come out with twice a year that have different styles and different colors, trends, different things. So it's my job to to sell those into big stores. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. was just like, I don't really understand that much about the fashion industry. So you said you always knew you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no, actually, I have a banking background. So I got into um, the capital markets world right out of college. And, you know, I was I was sitting behind a desk all day, yep. every day. I mean, I had a Snuggie underneath my desk. <laughs> I mean, it was, um, it, it's a lot. And, you know, staring at three screens and just living in, and working day after day in such a cutthroat environment where it, it wasn't necessarily good for the soul. <laughs> but I had such a valuable experience and I learned so many things that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I just learned how to work with sophisticated people and smart people and how to be organized and a regiment, you know, different things that you learn in that in that environment that helped me when I decided to switch. Yeah. So I guess working in the fashion space and the influencer space sounds like you kind of always have to be on trend. Do you have like a special? Oh man. Yeah. It's like, what is it like to just have yeah. to kind of always look good? Like I show up to the office yeah. in leggings pretty often. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I only see my clients like three times or four times a year. Oh, so like, yeah. if I have four outfits, I can just. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I only need four because yeah. then that, that, that lasts me the whole year. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I try to keep it simple. You know, I, a black T-shirt, white T-shirt. I'll wear the brand, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes yeah. when, I'm, when I'm traveling. Jeans, simple sneakers, uh, you know, and, and that's – I always try to just keep it simple. For, for Lindsay, I tell her all the time, like, you're not a fashion blogger yet mm. <laughs> necessarily yeah. or, or yet. You may never want to be. So 
for her, it's more, we, we try, you know, we, we're always, because you don't want to post a picture wearing the same thing, Yeah, right? It's really yeah. hard. You want to switch it up. And especially for girls, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to switch it up and, you know, the pictures have to look beautiful. And she tries to do that as much as possible and is, is getting, uh, she's getting more brands sending her things and she's mm-hmm. reaching out to more brands that she likes and, mm-hmm. and getting into new outfits. But yeah, it's hard because you don't have all this money to spend on tons and tons of clothes. But thankfully, she's been working with more showrooms and people that will loan her clothes. And she's got a partnership with Rent the Runway, and they've been amazing. And she finds incredible outfits on Rent the Runway that fit her, Yeah, actually, because that's also hard. Girls can never find anything that fit them. Yeah, it's They really order hard. 100 things off the, the website, and send, all of them go back. Yeah, send 98 back, yeah. and the two that fit were bracelets. <laughs> exactly. So now she, she's working with a showroom and can find things that fit her there. And yeah. then Rent the Runway has been great for me. I just, I just know, you know, I mm-hmm. buy something and, and I buy five things online and I keep them all <laughs> because <laughs> it's, be nice. it's so simple <laughs> yeah. for me. It's like simple, like very easy. I've been buying the same thing for, for so long that it's easier for me. I'd love to step out a little bit, a little bit more, but you kind of have to be careful when you have like a full-time job and this and that. Yeah, so exactly. Um, it's, it's a balance. That's really honest, interesting. Yeah. Do you think there will ever be a moment in which if your wife does become a fashion blogger, there's like a budgetary item where it's like 2023 fashion budget? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> she, she has quite the uh, quite the wish list right now, <laughs> quite the, the wish list going on. But thankfully, like I told you before, we, we just bought an apartment in, mm-hmm. in Williamsburg. So anytime she asks me for whatever it is, the uh, oh, the newest thing is the book tote from Christian Dior. Oh. The book tote where you can customize it and put your name on it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, 2,000 euro, whatever it is. Wow. And so that's the new thing. But I said, Lens, you know, we could really use a new cow. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather have like a nice new couch or, or that you know that OLED TV uh, yeah. that we see and uh, and then it's like yeah yeah so once the <laughs> once the apartment is done then it's then I'm scared. That's really funny. I guess kind of getting into Lindsay's brand. It seems like recently when people are selling their brands, like politics really comes into it a lot more. Have y'all made like a conscious decision whether or not to bring your personal politics into Instagram? No. Not yet. I think there there are a lot of things that we believe in that space, but it's it's really really it's a such a sensitive topic, and I think it's important. And there are things that we should be addressing, but it's uh, it's a it's a process. It's a slow process because I think the focus is kind of on uh, building the brand and the following and the product. You know, we do we do some work with LGBT community, LGBTQ. So we do a little bit of work with them. And we, we had a great time at the uh, Pri- World Pride Parade. Uh, we were on the Point Sky float. It was so much fun. And we do support uh, that community in every every way that we can. We just haven't really touched on all the topics that there are. I mean, I'm a big environmental person, so I would love to eventually kind of go off on, on that platform too. But I just don't think we've gotten to that point yet, if that makes sense. I mean, it all is still relatively new new for us. But I think that's something that we'd like to to touch on in the future is get more involved in in some social action areas. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have like a five-year plan for like the brand and the business? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but Lindsay's had some meetings recently where they'll sit down and sort of try to define the audience, define uh, the brand, create a vision for it, maybe in an, even a name because her blog is lindsaysilberman.com. Yeah. I mean, it, I have the Insta husband thing, but that's, it's not 
that's really not the main sell. So I think she's she's at that pivotal point where these things are going to start to you're going to start to see some changes coming down the road. So it's a really cool. exciting point. She's working with some really great, really smart people that work with um, incredible brands on building their brand and uh, and growing their brand. So so stay tuned on that. There'll be a little bit more in that area. That's super coming exciting. Down the pipe. Yeah, really exciting. So is there like an Insta husband space? Like, do you guys have like, I guess, do you talk to each other? <laughs> like, I'm really kind of interested in like where this designation, like, does it become? Yeah, like, usually you find the Insta husband space like at sunsets or windwood walls in Miami <laughs> um, or just like anywhere you can, you can take a good picture. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some guys out there that, that have there was an Insta husband commercial, Instagram husband commercial, yeah. Um, but there's no like there's no like forum for it, for it yet. <laughs> it's no Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. no. But if you want to drop into my DMs, I I can always <laughs> I can always provide um, moral moral support to you when you're um, after you've been laughed at and photographed by other people. And but you know what? I think um, what's really cool is that you see people like um, John Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on his Instagram. He's taking pictures of Chrissy. T. I mean. What better person to personify the the Instagram husband? Yeah. That, oh, and uh, who was the other guy the other day? It was um, Dwayne Wade. Was it Dwayne Wade? I think it was oh, Dwayne Wade. Made to Gabrielle Union. Yeah, it was a huge basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Dwayne Wade doing the Instagram husband <laughs> thing. So yeah. it's catching on in the celebrity world, and yeah. I think that's a catalyst to to start. <laughs> an Instagram husband space. Yes. Um, I think even women in, I I read an article where women in Asia look for picture taking abilities as a, as a a positive for a potential mate. Yeah. Right. So maybe they'll look at, they'll get his name and look at his Instagram, but make sure he can take good pictures and that'll be something. So, you know, it's, it's (laughs) catching on. People are starting to understand the value and appreciate it a little bit more. And, uh, and now that it's, it's with some of the celebrities, it's starting to gain a little bit of traction. So we'll see. Do you feel vindicated? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I I guess so. I just, I just will, I'll do anything to support my wife and uh if that means embarrassing myself and <laughs> taking a thousand pictures and, oh and missing the sunset you know it's because you're taking a photo because i'm taking a photo or whatever it's i've gotten used to it. <laughs> it it comes it comes a little bit more naturally now than it than it did in the past so yeah how long i guess did that transition kind of take to like at what point were you like all right this is something that i feel really comfortable doing uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Long way. No, literally, I, I found I found myself. Uh, we were we were in uh, Saint Tropez, or just near it, and I was sitting on the lounge chair, and I had my Castel Valtrano uh, olives and a nice drink, and we were sitting next to the pool, and the sun was setting, and I was just laying in there, and I had Lindsay's iPhone, and she was doing the walk along the pool, and mm-hmm. I'm just taking the pictures, and I'm just sipping the drink. I'm like. <laughs> Wait a minute! I I think I got this wow. down now. Yeah, I mean, if you're sipping a drink at the same time, that's you're you're good. Sipping the drink, relaxing, taking the picture, get I'm multitasking. It's, yeah, uh, I think I'm finally starting to get the the groove. The key is to use the iPhone, and not necessarily the the professional camera. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, every I mean, everything can be done with the iPhone, and now the new one that came out with three has the oh, three yeah. mm-hmm. the three lenses on it wide, short, whatever, whatever yeah. it is, you don't need these big cameras that, you know, you have to set up the tripod or you have, you know, it's, they're heavy. Yeah. Now everything can be done on your phone. So yeah. it's pretty. 
Do you Amazing. get to write off your phone and like camera equipment at the end of the year as like business yeah. expenses? Yeah, I mean it's it is a business. I mean, uh, Lindsay has an LLC, and uh, you know it's it's run just like any other corporation is is run. It's a subchapter S corporation, and um, it's it's the real deal. Accountants and Amazing. and the whole nine yards. How many people do you have? Like in I know she's a talent agency now, but how many yeah. other people do y'all work with? So. She she just started with a with a talent agency like you like you said, she has another photographer that she uses. Um, you know, if I'm not available, yeah. shout out to Laurel Creative, she's great. And then my younger brother, <laughs> who is a super senior at Rowan University, is her uh, video editor. Oh wow! So anytime you see videos on her Instagram feed, it's it's my younger shout out to Alex. <laughs> it's a whole family business. Yeah, it's a it's a family business. And then there's an accountant and then there's uh there's an outside lawyer who we've used in the past. And there's myself. Um there's uh Brittany who is uh, a consultant for yeah. her for her business. And then she's working with another brand consulting uh agency too. So there are more people yeah. than you than you expect in, involved. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention all the PR people and the brand people yeah. and everything. There's it's a uh, it's a big collaborative effort. That sounds like a lot to keep track of. It is. Yeah. She does a great job. Yeah. Shout out. Um, yeah, Lens. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you, Rachel. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Working. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Rachel Hampton. Special thanks to Justin D. Wright for the ad music. Thank you so much to our producer, Jessman Molly. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions or feedback, you can reach us at workingatslate.com. Join us next week for another episode on Influencers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.